You're listening to Time in the Word. Jesus Christ made the following statement to his disciples in Matthew 24:21. For at that time there will be great distress, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. Those words of our Lord say it all. But what exactly makes the tribulation period so much worse and unlike any other troublesome period in human history? Dr. Gonzalez explains that there are two primary factors. First, it will be a worldwide event. Unlike today, where the world continually experiences localized or regional wars and conflicts, the tribulation will affect the entire planet. Not one nation will escape the deadly effects of this unparalleled time of judgment, persecution, calamities, war, and devastation. Second, man's behavior and attitude. Just listen to John's words in Revelation 6, 16. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Most of us, if not all of us, have heard it some time or another, or have perhaps said it ourselves, that the end is near. Yet despite everything we have heard and the warning signs we have seen, we fail to act or behave as if we really believed it. Well, according to John, when the tribulation begins, man will no longer think the end is near. Man will know the end is at hand, and their actions and behavior will prove it. During that period, man will not seek to preserve his life. Instead, he will seek death. Dr. Gonzalez will now focus his discussion on the seven-year tribulation period. During the next four messages, he will cover the first three and a half years. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Father, we pray that you would speak to us loudly and clearly as uh, we open your word for study, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten us and will allow us to understand what it is that you have to say to us uh, today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Spirit. But above all, we thank you for the Lord Jesus who gave his life for us so that we might be saved as we come into a personal relationship with him. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, folks, welcome back. Uh, if, if you have been joining us for the past few weeks, you know that uh, we have uh, entered into a, a uh, prophecy series entitled uh, The Bible and Tomorrow's Headlines. We have been uh, covering quite a bit of material over the last several weeks. Uh, just to recap a little bit where we are today, uh, we have already considered the first few uh, series of lessons. We have considered the role of Israel in relation to world history. We looked at the covenants that God has made with Israel and the significance of Israel in future biblical prophecy. We also discussed the signs of the times. We discussed the rapture. And uh, last week we finished a series of lessons as we were considering. Uh, we also looked at the key figures in the tribulation period, but we were looking at uh, uh, some of the information that we have regarding the future of America in Bible prophecy. We made a determination that even though the scripture doesn't seem to say a whole lot about the future of America, since we're not named in Bible prophecy uh, in scripture, we were able to determine that in spite of the silence of scripture, silence actually provided for us a great deal of information. We were able to determine um, that the key event that will bring 
this country to its knees and will bring the collapse of this country uh, just before the, the, the tribulation period begins is the rapture. Uh, we had discussed already that this country, unlike any other country in the world, and for that matter, unlike any other continent in the world, uh, this country was going to lose a very large percentage of its most productive citizens. We said that it would be somewhere around 20% or a fifth of the entire uh, U.S. population, and we're talking about productive adults, uh, were going to be raptured or vanished uh, in, in, in the twinkling of an eye when the Lord returns in the first phase of the second coming when He returns for His church. We said that that would lead to the collapse of this country. Uh, the country would be left in shambles and there would be nothing the country could do in order to recuperate from such a collapse. It would eventually find itself, the U.S. would eventually find itself returning to its roots and its heritage. Uh, it would become part of the alliance of, of the Confederation of Nations led by the Antichrist. Now that we have finished that particular session, now we're going to start actually spending considerable amount of time in the book of Revelation. Uh, today we're going to start covering the events of the tribulation. We will be looking at the first three and a half years. This may take uh, easily three to four programs just to get to the, through the first three and a half years. We want to make sure that we stop from time to time to make application of that which God is telling us. We are grateful indeed, and it brings the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ great hope to know that the things of the future are already told to us as believers and that none of this will hit as a surprise. The greatest application that we can make, in fact I have often argued that the greatest evangelistic tool that we have as believers is Bible prophecy. We are the only faith in the world uh, that whose Bible contains unbelievable amount of predictive prophecy. Much of that prophecy, in, uh, in fact probably half have of those prophecies made in Scripture have already been literally fulfilled, so there's no reason to question whether the other half of the prophecies will be literally fulfilled. But it's a great evangelistic tool because prophecy helps us confirm that indeed the Bible that we hold in our hands today is indeed the very Word of God, the inerrant and inspired Word of God. So as a way of introduction, I want to read you a passage of, of uh, uh, a statement that our Lord Jesus Himself made in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 21. This is what Jesus said, For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. I don't know, to be honest with you, if any of us have ever really sat down to consider the meaning of those words. Just sit down and consider what the Lord is saying in Matthew 24, 21. I think the words of our Lord in this passage says it all. And that is exactly what is going to separate the tribulation period from any other period in world history. Listen, Christ is warning the world that there will be a time of great distress, a time that such a time as the world has never ever experienced and as the world will never again experience. Uh, 
Now, what are the things that set the tribulation apart from anything else that has occurred in world history? Now, many of us have not lived during some of the worst times in, 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 in uh, human history. But we certainly know about these events because they have been recorded for us uh, uh, in historical history textbooks. We have learned about these uh, times the world has gone through, through, through classes that we have taken, whether in school or college, or we have just read personally. But Christ is saying something that we need to pay close attention to. The seven-year tribulation period is going to be unlike any other time in human history. As a matter of fact, we can go as far as saying this. In the seven years of tribulation, the events that will occur during those seven years, uh, you can take all of human history and you can take all the events that we can think of that were significant in human history and we can bring all those events together. None of those events or even those events put together will be able to be compared to the tribulation time. As a matter of fact, the scripture is clear in telling us that if it were not by the grace of Christ that he returned uh, after seven years of, of the tribulation period, there would be essentially nothing for him to come back to. The world and man would have successfully annihilated everybody and destroyed the world as we know it. But there are two primary factors that I want to take into consideration that separate the tribulation period from any other period in human history. First of all, it is going to be a worldwide event. Now think about this. For those of us living in this century, we almost as a matter of, 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 of uh, routine hear in the news all the time about events that are occurring Somewhere in the world, we are aware of, of conflicts within nations, we're aware of localized conflicts, we're aware of regional wars going on, but these are confined to specific geographic areas in the world. These conflicts that we are facing today are localized. They are regional conflicts. They don't, in, uh, they don't, they don't take in the entire world. According to to, to Bible prophecy, the tribulation period would include every single nation will be involved and affected by the judgments and persecution and calamities and war and devastation. There will be no country spared or there will be no country who fails to experience the effects of the tribulation period uh, during that time. Secondly, the second factor that distinguishes this period is man's behavior and attitude. And let me just expand a little bit on that. Listen to what John said in Revelation 6.16. He said, They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Listen, I have no doubt that either all of us either have said it or have heard other people say it or have thought about it. All of us had at, have at some point either said or heard that we are living in the end times. Based on the events going on in the world today and based on the, the, the 
spiritual and moral decay going on all around us, including in this country, we have all at least thought, if not outright said, that we are living in the last days. But the curious thing is that even though we all seem to think we're living in the last days, we don't live as if we believed we were living in the last days. And, I, and, and I'm going to make a couple of statements here and then make application because I think it's important. In the tribulation period, this is the second factor that was, is going to distinguish the tribulation period from any other period in hu human history. During the tribulation period, unlike today, where we think that we're living in the end days but don't live as if we believe that, in the tribulation period, people living during that time won't live as if they thought the end was near. They will live with the knowledge that the end is at hand. And, and, and I go back to the statement that John made in Revelation 6.16. People will be so aware of the devastation that has affected them personally, their countries, and the entire world, that they will actually pray for the mountains and the stones to fall on them and kill them. Rather than looking for uh, a way in which they can preserve their life, listen to me, rather than looking for a way in which they can preserve their life during the tribulation period, the Bible says that they will actually seek death. That's how bad the time will be during the tribulation period. People will want to die and not experience that tribulation any longer rather than figuring out a way in which they can survive and preserve their life. Listen, let me go back to that statement again. Jesus said, then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. The world will never experience in the future again a tribulation period or a, or a period of such devastation as, as it is going to experience during the tribulation period. Now we know, and we've already done a study of this, so we're not going to go back into it in detail, but we know that the church will not be present during the tribulation period. We know that the church will be raptured before the tribulation period begins all Christians will, will vanish from, the, from, from, from planet earth. They will be summoned by Christ himself to meet him in the air and then to go to heaven to, to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for their lives and to, uh, and to take part of the marriage of the Lamb. Only those who are not rightly related to Jesus will be left behind after the rapture takes place and they will experience the tribulation period. All human beings who have not trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will be left behind. And those are the individuals who, as they begin to experience the calamities and the war and the persecution and the devastation, those will be the individuals that will be praying for the mountains and the rocks to come on them and kill them because of the, of the degree of suffering and pain and turmoil that will be experienced. Now, as, as a way of... of making application of what we've said so far. Where are you today uh, in relation to this information that we've already been able to uncover from these uh, few scriptures that we've read? Are you prepared today to say without a shadow of a doubt that if the rapture were to take place today, you would be summoned and you would be one of those leaving 
the world scene to be gathered together to meet your Lord in the air? Or you, will you be one of those left behind to experience the tribulation period? This is something that you will need to decide on now in this lifetime here on planet earth. You don't wait till you die to go before God and then to make the determination whether you were good enough to make it into heaven. The Bible clearly says that the day of salvation is now. Behold, this is the accepted time. And the Bible clearly tells us also that there is no other name by, name by which we can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. Have you made a decision for Jesus? Have you recognized the fact that you're a sinful person and that you're in need of salvation? Have you come to the point where you have fallen before the cross of Christ in repentance for your sin and acknowledged and accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? If you have not done that and the rapture occurs right now, you will be left behind and you will be left behind to experience the most devastating judgments and wars and suffering such as the human race has never ever experienced. What are you waiting for if you have not yet trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Procrastinating is making a decision. There's no such thing as not making a decision. If you don't choose Jesus, then you've chosen not to choose him and you will be guaranteed a place during the tribulation period in this world. And death will be unbelievable casualties would be in the millions and millions uh, during that time. Now, what we want to do is as we start considering the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, we kind of want to break this into, into blocks so we can kind of get the big picture of what's going on around the world. The first thing I want to consider as we, uh, as we start looking at the first three and a half years is the nation of Israel. We know that at the start of the tribulation period, the Jewish people will have been regathered by God to the promised land. Uh, we know that they will be returning in disobedience because they will be returning having still rejected Jesus as their Messiah. But at some point after the tribulation begins and they've been fully regathered, they will turn to the Lord and acknowledge the Lord Jesus as their Lord. I want to look at a couple passages. The first passage I want to look at is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verses 4 and 5. This is what the Word of God says. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. And he's speaking about Israel. He says, He will bring you to the land that belonged to your fathers, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And then uh, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verses uh, uh, 40 and 44, this is what Ezekiel said. Ezekiel 20 verses 40 through 44. He says, For on my holy mountain, the high mountain of Israel, declares the so sovereign Lord, there in the land the entire house of Israel will serve me, and there I will accept them. There I will, be, I will require your offerings and your choice gifts, along with all your holy sacrifices. I will accept you 
as fragrant incense when I bring you out from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will show myself holy among you in the, uh, in the sight of the nations. Then you will know that I am the Lord uh, when I bring you into the land of Israel, the land I have sworn with uplifted hand to give to your uh, fathers. There you will remember your conduct and all the actions by which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves for all the evil you have done. You will know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, and not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices, O house of Israel, declares the sovereign Lord. Listen, essentially what we've just uh, read is this, that God is going to regather the Jews from all over the world, the scattered Jews, bring them back to the land of Palestine. And we know, because we are witnesses to that, we know that that process has already begun. Since 1948, after 2,000 years approximately of being scattered all over the world, the nation of Israel has, the Jews have been returning to the promised land in the millions, and in 1948, the United Nations uh, recognized Israel once again as a sovereign nation. So we see that prophecy already being fulfilled, but it will be completed by the time that the tribulation period begins. They do return in disobedience because they are still living in unbelief, but once they are in the land and God has dealt with them again, they will come back to the Lord and they will acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior and as the Messiah. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verses 24 to 26, let me read you that passage. Ezekiel 36 verses 24 through 26, this is what the Word of God says, For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I don't think we can find a, a, a uh, another passage that is more clear than the one that we just read. The result of God going back to dealing with the Jews, and this is one of the purposes of the tribulation period. God is done with the church. The church is gone. God has returned to dealing with, with the Jews as Paul said he would in, in Romans 9, 10, and 11. And after God has dealt with the Jews during the tribulation period, He will have cleansed them. He will have taken their stony heart out. He will have put in them a heart of flesh, a new spirit, and they will acknowledge the Lord Jesus as their Messiah. Okay? Now, it appears from some of the passages that we have read, it appears that the Jews will return to the ancient system of worship which involved animal sacrifices. In fact, we know that Israel today is returning already uh, to, to that practice. Uh, there are articles already published in news uh, reporting agencies about Israel, the, the Sanhedrin, going back to animal sacrifices. Now, according to Daniel 9.27 and Matthew 24.15, midway through the tribulation period, a temple will have been erected in Jerusalem and the Levitical sacrificial system will be in place. Listen, 
we know from what the Word of God tells us that during the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, in spite of everything else that is going on around the world, Israel will experience peace as a result of the seven-year treaty that they have signed with Antichrist who leads the, the uh, Western uh, power block. He will have signed with the Jews a seven-year treaty promising their protection, their independence, and their security. And remember, Antichrist is the one who now protects Israel because the United States, who has been Israel's number one ally and number one friend and number one supporter, can no longer do that because as a result of the rapture, the United States has been brought to its knees and has collapsed and is no longer a superpower. It becomes, it has been subordinated to a second-rate nation who has to, in essence, align itself with the Antichrist because every country in the world will align themselves with one of the power blocks or they will be annihilated completely. Uh, now, let me make Again, a, a point of application before we actually start looking at the judgments of God, the seven seals as revealed to us in Revelation chapter 6. Where are you today? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Listen, this is the time that God has given you to make that decision. Once you are dead, if you have not trusted in Jesus, it's too late. You will not be with Him in heaven for eternity. You will have guaranteed yourself a place in hell where Satan and his angels will be for eternity. This is the time, the appointed time, for you to make a decision whether you will trust the Lord Jesus. Well, we've come to the end of this particular message. Let me go ahead and close in a word of prayer, and we will pick up uh, on our next uh, message where we have left off today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the warnings that you give us. We thank you for the time that you give for people to continue to come to Jesus seeking salvation. We know that you desire for none to perish, but for all to come through the saving knowledge of Christ. For it is in your name that we pray. Amen.